Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, I love you guys. Um, it's awesome just to be back with you today, and I just want to say this is not a celebration of me coming back. This is a celebration of God healing. Come on, let's give it up for that. This is a celebration of what God can do in a man, in a woman, and in anyone that would just, you know, take the time just to, to seek after Him. Uh, you know, we are to seek after the Lord with all of our heart, all of our strength, all of our mind. And, um, and, and, and if you're here for the first time, you're like, well, what's going on, man? What did this pastor do? Um, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, I was just in a season where, you know, we, we started this church almost, uh, we, we moved here four years ago. We started this church, it, it turned three in March, and it's been an amazing journey. Uh, but there's a lot of stress that would go on in the church. There's a lot of stress that would go on in, in, in our house and, and, and just years and years and years. And I heard a guy describe it like this, and I said, oh, man, that's exactly what happened. It's kind of like a balloon. That, 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 that once you begin to blow up a balloon, right, and you're putting air in that balloon, and, and, and there's things that will just come in and just go, and more air is coming in right there, right? And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you don't ever let the time or take the time to just go, then guess what's going to happen to that balloon? It's going to pop because it can only expand so large. And I'm here to tell you today that that's exactly what happened to my soul. That's exactly what happened in my heart. That's exactly what began to happen in my mind because I began to let the, the stress and the anxieties of life and, and the spiritual warfare that, that the enemy has for every single one of us. It's not just me because you are purposed. You're called. You're loved. You have destiny. You have all of these things all over your life. You have an anointing on your life, and the enemy wants to do every single thing that he can do to take you out. You must wake up and realize that you are in a battle every single day. Like, we've got to wake up and see that and realize that. And God began to wake me up because it was on a, on a Wednesday night, and I was, like, going crazy around here. I had meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, and, and literally the balloon just popped. And I was like, I can't do it anymore. I've got to rest. And over the last eight weeks, you've allowed me to do that as your pastor. And there's been so many times where I was reading in the Bible because you're like, well, what did you do, Pastor? I read the Bible a lot. And I prayed. And I sought after God's heart. And I went to counseling. And I um, began just to, 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 to let him renew my heart and my mind. Because let me tell you something. I believe that the six weeks, the six to eight weeks that, that you guys so preciously gave me, to be able to take care of myself will we'll have dividends into the future like we cannot imagine. And so you need to know that. You need to take time for your soul. You think that you can't take time for your soul, but some of you, you need to stop today. 
because the balloon is expanding. And if you don't take the time to let the out, it's going to pop, just like it did for me. Time after time, I was reading in Galatians, and, and, and Paul talks about how when Paul was weak, that the Galatians did not go after him. They did not try to abuse him. They did not try to say, you're awful. No, the, the, the Galatian church came along, the apostle Paul, and decided to lift his arms up and decided to pray for him. And he said, I thank you that you did not discard me when I was at my weakest. And can I tell you that your pastor loves this house so much more and loves you so much more because of the text, of the calls, of the, of the, the you know, uh, of, of the emails, you know, and, 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 and Matt Bowden coming over to my house and us just hanging on the deck and us walking seven miles in a park and getting lost together and having great conversation and, and, and so many other people and, and Colby and me calling him and Sarah and texting me and praying for me and, and the Boyds and all these other people, all of you guys. I mean, it has been absolutely incredible. Your love for me and so I just want to say thank you for that and I also want to say thank you for this incredible staff and volunteers come on let's give it up for every single person thank you thank you it's been absolutely amazing just to see the love that you guys have for this house and how people just stepped up and did so many things in my absence. And I love it because now I don't have to do a lot of the stuff that I was doing before. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. We praise you for that. But it's absolutely incredible. And I cannot thank you enough for the way that you guys have loved this house. And over the last eight weeks, God has given me some declarations that I say over my life every morning. And, and how many people know that what you declare over your life is going to bring some amazing things into your life? And every single one of us, we are declaring different things in our life. But some of you, you are declaring things and letting the enemy declare things over you, and you're not letting God declare things over you. And see, that's the number one thing. I'm doing this like 21-day brain detox right now, and it's been absolutely amazing, you know. And there is no psychedelics or drugs involved in it. But it's just me in the Bible and, 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 and me just seeking what the Holy Spirit wants to say to my mind. And did you know that some of you, you are being controlled by your brain, but you control your brain. Science is proving this. But what's so amazing is science is just saying what the Bible has taught us for years about how we should take every thought captive. And so there's been seven declarations that God has been leading me to every single day. And my hope is this today, because we're going to go back and we're going to get into a, a brand new sermon series next week called Summer Bible Study. We're just going to be going through Philippians. We're going to be going through um, some books of the Bible that I know that God is going to do amazing things in your life. Because how many people know like the word of God is good? It's good. It is so good. It has gotten me through everything, every single day. I mean, I had no place else to go, you know? Uh, but it was through the reading of God's Word and, and the Holy Spirit revealing some declarations. And my prayer is that maybe you would take one of these declarations today. Maybe you can take all seven of them because I got one for every day of the week. But maybe you can take all seven. Maybe you can take two. Maybe you can, but if you'll just take one of these, and I want to challenge you, write down some notes, you know. Don't be active in church. Be engaged in church, right? The more active you are in something, the more you will get out of it. 
And so take some notes, follow along, whatever it is. Like, like don't just sit there and be like, okay, come on, preach to me, short white man. No, 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 like be engaged. God has something for you today. The first declaration that the Holy Spirit has given me that I say over my life every single day is, and, and, I've, and I've experienced this in such an amazing way, is I am greatly loved. I am greatly loved. You are greatly loved. You are greatly loved. Listen to what the Bible says about you. In Psalm chapter 86 verse 13, you love me so much and you place your greatness upon me. You have rescued me from the deepest place of darkness and you have delivered me from a certain death. And there are times in your life where you feel that way. There were times in my life where I felt that way over the last eight weeks. But then I would go, but you love me so much and you have placed your greatness inside of me. And then I go to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world this much that he gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. Romans 5, 8. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. When you believe that no one loves you. You've got to go. Wait, wait, wait. Christ proved his passionate love for me. Who else has died for you? Because they loved you so much. You are greatly loved. 1 John 4, 16. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love. I love that. An intimate experience with God's love. Because you see, uh, one of the things that God did for me over the last eight weeks is how many people know that the love of God is supposed to be a romance. It's not supposed to be just this thing that we just go and we're just like, oh, well, you know, I'm committed to going to church. I like Jesus. He's all right, I guess. No, it's supposed to be a romance. And so you know when you're truly falling back in love with Jesus is when you're not thinking about your, your wife or, or your, your girlfriend or your, your, your husband or your boyfriend or the, your, your secret crush on Instagram, whatever that may be. You know, it's like when you hear that love song that comes on the radio, you, you start going, whoa, oh, man, God, I love you so much. And, and, and there are some songs that typically... You wouldn't go, oh, man, that, 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 that's, a, that's, a, that's a worship song. But then all of a sudden, you start hearing those lyrics, and you're like, wait, like, I am forever yours. Like, 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 like you know, it's that old Tim McGraw, Faith Hill song. It's your love just does something to me. I ain't talking about no guy. I ain't talking about no girl. I'm talking about the love of the Father, right? It is his love. It does something to me. Sends a shot right through me, right? I can't get enough. Come on. When's the last time you got that intimate with God? Because that's what he wants. There's this worship song, and it goes, I just want to, like, lay, be where you are. I want to put my head on your chest and all this other stuff. And, and we're like, dude, that is weird. I don't know if I can sing that. Put my head on God's chest, listen to his heartbeat in me. If you want to be in love with Jesus, then yeah. You got to learn to be intimate with the Father. And men in here, when I say that, and it sounds like, I don't know. Man, that's weird. No, it's not. It's how you were designed. You know what my favorite thing to do with my seven-year-old son is? Cuddle. I love pulling him close to me. And I hope that when he's 18, I'm going to be like, you come here because I'm your daddy. I don't care how big you are. I don't care. What, you think you're something? You come here. We're going to lay on this couch and cuddle for about five minutes, okay? Because you need to experience your dad's love. Some woman's going to come into our house one day and be like, y'all are weird in this family. 
But he wants to be intimate with us. See, I say I'm greatly loved. I say I am loved by God, my Father. It is so important for you to view God as your Father. See, I had to begin to do that again. Because, see, when you view God as your Father, guess what you get? You get the love of a Father, and the love of a Father gives you an identity. The love of the Father gives you a place. The love of the Father gives you pleasure. The love of the Father gives you love. Do you know that you have an identity in your Father? Do you know that you are pleasured because your Father finds pleasure in you? Do you know that you are greatly loved? Do you know that He has a place for you? And He has placed you somewhere. He has placed you somewhere to do His work. It was the love of a father. I am loved by my father. I am loved by Jesus. I am greatly loved by the Holy Spirit. I am greatly loved by my wife, Ashley. I am greatly loved by my kids. I am greatly loved by my family. I'm greatly loved by my friends. I'm greatly loved by my church. You are greatly loved. You need to shout that over your life. You need to wake up and say, I am greatly loved. Because there's so many voices that say you're not. So you got to start in the morning. you got to wake up and you got to go, I am greatly loved. I may have been the prodigal, but guess what happened to the prodigal? The father ran to him. So if you're in here and you go, I don't know if I can return to the father because I've got guilt. I've got shame. I've got all this stuff on my life. The father's waiting for you to shower you with his great love. That's the first declaration is I am greatly loved. Loved. I am greatly loved. The second one is faith always finds a way. Faith always finds a way. See, you need to know that this morning. Faith always finds a way. Faith will always find a way. Hebrews 11.1, now faith brings hope into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 21, verses 21 through 22, Jesus replied, listen to the truth. If you have no doubt of God's power and speak out of faith's fullness, you can be the ones who speak to a tree and it will wither away. Even more than that, you could say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will be done. Everything you pray for will be the fullness of faith that you believe in. And you go, I can't move a mountain. I can't move a tree. Guess what? There are mountains in your brain that you can move with your faith. There are mountains in your mind and in your soul. And there are trees that are being formed. And there's a toxic tree that's being formed in your mind. And there's a healthy tree that's being formed in your mind and you need to be the one that is going to speak life into the mountains in your brain that's going to speak life into the trees in your brain and say be moved be cast aside and the truth of God's word because faith will always find a way and so it does not matter what I see in front of me it does not matter what the doctors say it does not matter what this person is saying about this situation or this situation faith will always find a way according to Jesus. He says in Mark 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 22, let the faith of God be in you. You know what our people, you know what our world needs to see? Faith. They need to see faith in God's people. 
Romans 8, 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan and bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. You see, when you begin to declare over your life that faith will find a way, then that means that you will see every moment of your life, every circumstance of your life as a promise that God will meet you there and get you through it. Let me say that again. You will see every moment slash circumstance of your life as a promise that God will meet and would meet you there. That God will meet you there. Every moment of your life, when you go, faith finds a way. It does not matter what this moment is giving me because faith will find a way and God will meet me here. See, I had to start saying that on my life because there were some days where, where, where I just didn't see it. There were some days where I'm like, okay, God, like, I, am, I feel like I'm the psalmist here. If you read the psalms, I read a psalm every single day. I'm still doing that. You read the psalmist. He's like, did you forget me? Do not see the darkness that's ho- hovering over my life, God? Come on. Are you even there? Faith will find a way. Faith will find a way. Faith will find a way. See, when I say faith finds a way, there are no dead ends. Come on. When I say faith will find a way, there are no dead ends because God will always guide me through. Faith will find a way because there are no dead ends when it comes to faith. And God will guide me through the wilderness that I am in right now. God will guide you through the wilderness. God will bring you through, and it will be an exodus into a promised land in your life. That's what I believe. Is my life going to be perfect from this day on? Am I not ever going to struggle with anxiety or depression or panic or anything else? You know, I don't know the answer to that, but what I do know is that faith will find a way. So when I find myself feeling those things, I go, faith will find a way. And there are no dead ends. The third thing that God has told, told me to declare over my life every day is just be quick to say, yeah, but I forgive them. Yeah, but I forgive them anyways. Be quick to say, yeah, I forgive you anyways. Like yourself. Do you need, you need to know, like, you need to forgive yourself anyways for some of the things that have happened to you. For some of the things that you've went through. But you really also need to be able to go, yeah, but I forgive them anyways. So, yeah, I know they did that because, see, one of the things that was in that balloon is, 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 is I had some, um, some, some grief and some things that, that I went through in my life, and, and, and I didn't process it very well. And I had some things over the, the, the last four years of planting a church where there was some hurt and there was some, some grief that was going on. And I didn't grieve it very well. And, and I just was stuffing it, right? Because that's what men do. And that's what a lot of ladies do too. We just stuff it and it just goes down into the balloon. And then all of a sudden it just pops, right? Because we're not meant to be carrying bitterness. We're not meant to be carrying unkindness. We're not meant to be carrying unforgiveness. We're supposed to forgive every single day. We're supposed to look at people and go, yeah, but... Forgive them anyways. 
was coming back from Montana last week, and, and in Montana it was a great trip. I got to fly fish for the, 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 the very first time, and, and, uh, and it was awesome, and, and got to go hiking, and it snowed in May in Montana. It was very cold, but it was very fun, and but on that trip, man, I, I, I had this experience with this one dude and, um, when I was coming back. And it's supposed to be like a, a retreat for pastors, right? The, the, like you're going to come back feeling like a million bucks. And this guy made me feel like a piece of poop. Literally. You know what I heard God say? That's when he gave me this daily declaration. He said, yeah, I know he made you feel that way. Just forgive them anyways. When Jesus says we should forgive 77 times, it's not a, 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 an exact number. It's an exaggeration. We must learn to forgive. We have to forgive. He says in his word in Luke chapter 17, verse 4, no matter how many times in one day your brother sins against you and says, I'm sorry, I'm changing, forgive me. You need to forgive him each and every time. Anybody got the, that person in your life is like, man, I, I feel like I, I, that, that's one person in my life. Like I, I, they're constantly saying, I'm sorry, I'm changing. Are you? Because I'm not seeing it. Oh, but forgive him anyways. Jesus says in Mark chapter 11, verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. Do you know that you have faults? So why are you sitting around withholding what God has given you so freely? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says, But instead be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. You say it's impossible to forgive that person because of what they did. It is impossible in yourself to forgive that person for what they did to you. But when you have the depths of Christ's love in you, then you go into the depths of Christ's love and you realize the depths of Christ's love forgave every unimaginable sin on the face of the planet and has forgiven every unimaginable sin that you ever committed. And it is from the depths of Christ's love that then you begin to release forgiveness into the, the person that hurt you. And you go, yeah, yeah, they did that. But I forgive them anyways. But then you also say, yeah, I did that. But I forgive me anyways. See, that's powerful. Because there's some stuff that I've been holding. There's, there's father issues that came up from when I was seven years old and I was basically abandoned by my dad, that I just had to go, yeah, but I, I, and, and, and he died when I was a senior in college, but I was still having to go, yeah, but I forgive him anyways, because sometimes that's a daily process. It's not a one-time thing. And you got to go, yeah, but I forgive them anyways. There's things that were brought up in my past that I had done, and I had to go, yeah, but I forgive you anyways. I forgive you for, forgive you for having that thought. I forgive you. I forgive myself. 
Who is it that you need to say, yeah, but I forgive them anyways too? Because you'll begin to heal when you begin to give forgiveness. The fourth thing that my father told me to say is, and this is just Luke chapter 6, verse 35. My father is famous for his kindness to heal. My father is famous for his kindness to heal. My father is famous for his kindness to heal. Because there are some things that at the beginning of this, you know, yeah, it was some anxiety and some, some things that I was dealing with. But um, there was also some, some physical manifesta- manifestations of some of the stress that was going on in my life. And so my cortisol level, when I went to the doctor, it was through the roof. And so they're like, hey, you got to go to the endocrinologist and all this other stuff. And, 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 there was just, and it was like from May 1st to May 31st, I was just sitting there wondering, okay, like what is going on in my body? Like, what is going on in my body? What is going on in my body? And I would just have to sit there and go, okay, God, my life is in your hands. Like, whatever you want to do, I don't even know what's going on. I don't, you know, you know, but I know that you can heal me because my father is famous for his kindness to heal. My father is famous for his kindness to heal, not only physically, but also emotionally. My father is famous for his kindness to heal. And guess what? Friday I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, yeah, your levels are totally back to normal. Why? Because my father is famous for his kindness to heal. My father is famous for his kindness to heal. My father is famous for his kindness to heal. So my father is famous not only for what he can do physically, but he can do and move the mountains and the trees in my emotional life. Some of you, you're like, I can never get rid of this anxiety. I can never get rid of this depression. I can never get rid of what's going on in my mind. And I'm here to tell you that you have a father that is famous for his kindness to heal you. And you've got to declare that healing over your life. See, that's what I learned. I can sit there and just wallow in all this stuff. Or I can go, no, God created me with a brain that I control. I really do. You really do. And he is famous for his kindness to heal. I want you to think about this for, 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 for just a moment. When, um, if so much of Jesus' ministry was healing... then why do we not believe that it is still his ministry today? Think about it. If so much, when you read the Gospels, so much of it, Jesus is going into town after town after town, and he is laying hands on the sick, and he's laying hands on the demon-possessed, and he's laying hands, and it is a, a manifestation of healing in this world. Yes, sometimes. There are those that God heals by taking them home to heaven. But I believe that we still have to believe that there is a manifestation of healing that can come in the here and the now. Because if he did it then, he can do it now. If it was so much of his ministry then, it can still be his ministry now. I mean, I, I was reading the story of, of, of this, this, th- these people. They approach Jesus and, 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 and they're like, um, you need to come and heal this little girl, Jesus. And he gets delayed, and the little girl dies, and he gets to the home, and he sees all these people, and they are mourning. It says that Jesus had a great pain in his heart for this family. When he saw their suffering, he was moved with compassion. He went in, and he said, she's not dead. She's sleeping. Everybody's like, yeah, right, whatever. 
And that's what we do with Jesus so many times. He says, don't you realize who just walked into the room and you're laughing at his power? Because you're not dead mentally. You're not dead physically. I just walked into the room. And I'm about to bring healing and life into something that you thought was dead. And he walks into the room and he says, little girl, awake. And she awakens to a new life. But what brought Jesus to bring healing into that little girl's life is because he saw the suffering that that family was going through. He saw the emotions. Do you not believe for a second that God doesn't see your suffering? He saw me at some of my darkest moments during this jersey, during this journey. He saw me. And he saw his son and he said, I want more than anything to heal you. Do you believe that for yourself? That Jesus wants more than anything to heal you? I believe that with all of my heart. So whatever it is that you are going through today, you need to know that your father is famous for his kindness to heal. The fifth thing that I declare over my life is walking grace. Hey, Josh, walking grace today. Hey, walking grace. Grace to others. But more importantly, accept his grace for you. How many people know you're like, I'm good at giving grace to others, but I really, really stink at giving it to myself. That's me. <laughs> I'm so hard on myself. I'm like, man, Josh, why'd you just have that thought? Golly, you're so, are you ever going to get it right? Like, like, why'd you make that mistake, Josh? Like, are, are you kidding me? Like, uh, I mean, th this happened in your life. Well, that, what does that say about you, Josh? When I would never do that for you. I would go, yeah, you made a mistake. It's all right. I give you grace. We're still friends. I love you. But yet when we do that to ourselves, we're so hard on ourselves. So what God has been teaching me is to walk in grace. Not only grace to others, but grace to me. How do you accept the grace of God that he's given you? For you to walk in. Not just for others, but for you to walk in. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 9 Paul says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this. I, I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this. But he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. My grace is always more than enough for you, Josh. My power finds its full expression through your weakness. See, I said to, in, to God in Montana last week, I said, God, am I ready to preach next Sunday? He said, nope. But guess what? You never will be. But I'm ready to use you again. Some of you are like, I can't do ministry because I'm weak. God says, yep. But right there in that weakness... My grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. 
God's power will not find its full expression in your life, in your strength. Boom, 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 boom. Do we get that? Because we live in a world that's like, strength finders, here are all of my strengths that I can bring to the table in this workplace. Look how strong I am. Aren't I amazing? My strengths are awesome. Everybody in the workplace is like, oh, yay, look at that strength. That's so good. Nobody's like, here are all my weaknesses. Yes, look how awesome I am. Everybody in the workplace, oh, I love that he is just so obsessive. Look at that weakness. But yet what does God tell us? The full expression of his power will only be made known in our weakness. It is in our weakness when he can use us the most. So he says, I will celebrate my weaknesses. For when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living within me. And see, that's the key. I'm like, yes, I'm weak. I don't even want this. Like, I can literally tell you today is the first time that I've ever stood up here and preached. I mean, like, I don't care what anybody thinks. Because it's not about that. It's about me just going, here I am, God. Just use me. Here I am. I'm a nobody from nowhere. But let me tell you, in my weakness, you will be made strong. The full expression of your power will be brought to life in me. Second Peter verses, uh, chapter 1, verse 2. My grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Acts chapter 6, verse 8. Stephen was a man full of grace. And supernatural power. Isn't it awesome that it's full of grace and supernatural power? Grace is the first thing we have to attain in our lives if we want to see supernatural power. And he performed many astonishing signs and wonders and mighty miracles among the people. May that be said about us as a church. May that be said about me. Because we are people full of grace and supernatural power that then... There was astonishing signs and wonders and mighty miracles that would happen in Fresh Church. Come on, can somebody clap for that? Is that who we want to be? That's who I want to be. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in Him. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. You didn't bring yourself to Christ. Christ brought you to Him. So no one will ever be able to boast, oh, look at me, I saved myself. No, you didn't, fool. He saved you. For salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Oh, my gosh, did God break me of that. I was in a counseling session, and he said, my counselor looked at me, and he said, Josh, do you know that you've lived most of your life because I didn't have a dad in my life that told me that I was valuable, that I was prized, that I was admired, that I was noticed. So guess what happens when you grow up, whether you're a man or a woman in here, when you grow up and you don't have that father figure in your life telling you that you're prized, telling you that you were loved, telling you that you were noticed, then you will do everything that you can to be noticed, whether it's through sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever it is, you know, or just accomplishment. And for me, it was like, ding, accomplishment. So I'm going to do everything I can, and I'm going to be measured by what I do. And God broke me of that. 
He said, if you never accomplished one other thing for me in my life, I would still love you because you're my son. Josh, find your pleasure. Find your life. Anchor your life, not in the things that you can measure, but in my pleasure of you. If you're seeking to go through your life based on the things, oh, look at this accomplishment, look at this accomplishment, look at this accomplishment, it'll never be enough. That's why you just have to go, no, I'm going to live my life just for God's pleasure. And I'm going to walk in grace. The sixth thing is live from his hands. You need to get up and declare, I'm going to live from his hands today. One of the most beautiful things that he took me to, and this was a struggle to get there, I'll be honest with you, it didn't even happen really until last week. But all of a sudden, I began to see myself, God gave me this vision of me, and I was just like this. It was like I was sitting in his hands. Like me, right now, 37-year-old Josh Hawk, just in his hands. Like something out of a movie, right? It's like these big pair of hands that just come down, and there I am. And, and, and I was kind of like, uh, am I claustrophobic in here? Like, uh, do I, do I want to jump out of your hands? Do I want to, like, like I, I don't know about this. Am I, am, I, am, I, am I safe in your hands? And he said, why in the world would you want to jump out of my hands? Don't you know that's the very place you were always meant to be? See, now you're living from the exact place that I've always wanted you to be in, Josh. Not running from my hands. Not seeking anybody else's hands, but mine. And you're in that place. Now live from my hands. Live from my security. Live from my hands. Because it is from his hands that we have all that we need. It is from his hands that we have all that we need. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. With all of your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Romans 8, 28, again, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill and design his purpose, his designed purpose. Jeremiah 17, 7, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made their Lord their hope and confidence. Psalms 112.7 They will not live in fear or dread of what may come for their hearts are firm ever secure in their faith. See when I live from his hands I'm not worrying about tomorrow. I'm not anxious about the next day. I'm not anxious about that conversation that I'm going to have with somebody. I'm not scared. I'm not fearful of what a doctor may say because I am in his hands and so I will not live in fear or dread of what may come for my heart is Firm in my Father's hands. It is ever secure in my faith in my God. Come on, somebody. Psalms 31.15, my life, my every moment, my destiny, it's all in your hands. Woo! Somebody just got saved reading that verse. So I know you can deliver me from those who persecute me relentlessly. I know you can deliver me from that enemy, the devil, who's just a little punk kid. We're going to get to heaven one day. We're going to look at the devil and be like, really? That was it? 
That's you? You did all that? Because he's just an accuser. He's just a liar. That's all he is. You're going to see the power of God. But my life, my destiny, it's all in your hands. And the seventh thing that God showed me is, hey, Josh, you are purposed. I want to tell you something. On my darkest days that I had, I forgot that I was purposed. I forgot that I was called. I forgot that I was destined. I, I believe the enemy that said, hey, there's another man that could raise your kid. There's another man that could love your wife. There's other people that could pastor this church. There's other people that could be Matt Bowden's friend. Why are you even needed here, Josh? So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives and the lives of others. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design and purpose. Ephesians 2.10, we have become his poetry. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny as he has given to each of us. There is a destiny that he has called you to. There's a destiny that he has called you to, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works that we would do to fulfill it. See, your purpose matters. You are alive. You have a destiny. You have something to fulfill. Fathers, there's no other dad in the world that could be you to your kids, so step up and be it. Husbands, there's no other person that was meant to love your wife like you were designed and purposed to love your wife, and so do it. Wives, it's the same way. Moms, it's the same way. Maybe you're single in here, and you go, but there's no other person that was called in this moment to be the friend that God has called you to be. To pick up the phone and go, hey, do you know that you're purposed? I want to challenge you today. That person that you know is struggling with some anxiety and some depression and some panic in their life and, 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 and having these negative thoughts that I literally had. You, you, you know what the best thing that could happen to me in those days were? Is for me to get a text from Sarah or Colby or Matt or somebody else or somebody else in here that goes, hey, I am praying for you. You are called. You are destined. You are purposed. I love you. Be that friend for somebody today. Give that hug that they need. That they just need to know I'm loved. I'm purposed. I'm called. I'm free. I am destined. I have a 
destiny. See, on that day that I was so in that dark place, God brought me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are God's chosen treasure, Josh. You, you are a priest. You are a king. As spirit, you are part of a spiritual nation that is set apart as God's devoted one. He called you out of darkness. On my darkest days, you know what I would say? I would say to myself, there is no darkness that is within me that God's light is not greater than. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous life. And now he what? Claims you. He claims you, Josh. Not a future version of you. Stop waiting to be a future version of you. You're not. You're you. Destroy the future version that says, oh, when I get there, then I'll be that. God doesn't love the future version. He doesn't love the past version. He loves you. Right where you are in this very moment for who you are, for who he has called you to be, for who he has designed you to be. Not future Josh, not past Josh, present moment Josh. That's who he loves. That's who he's called. He claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. And I stopped there on that day. And God said, do you not see what I'm going to do with you, son? I'm going to use you to broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. And then the very next day I was in a gym. And I said, God, who am I? And he said, Josh, you're going to be my voice. I'm like, what does that mean? We'll work it out. He gave me that so that I would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. So it's sure could be my voice so that you would broadcast his, broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. See, I'm purposed. I'm called. I'm destined. And so are you. And so is somebody else that doesn't know it. And they're in a lot of pain right now, and they need to know it. And God wants you to tell them. And he needs you to tell them. He needs you to pick up the phone. He needs you to be that person. He needs you to go visit them. Just tell them. And so the band's going to come back up, and I want to challenge you. Thank you about these things right now. I am greatly loved. Just close your eyes and say this to yourself. Declare it over you. I am greatly loved. I am greatly loved. Declare this over your life. Faith always finds a way. No matter what I'm looking at right now, faith always finds a way. Where is that dead end that you think that you're in? that you can't see your way out of. There were some days where I was like, Ashley, I don't see a way out of this. Faith always finds a way. Be quick to say, yeah, but I forgive them anyways. Get some people in your mind right now that have hurt you over the years. Maybe it was something that happened to you this morning. A family member, friend, spouse. 
and just go, yeah, but I forgive them anyways. I know they did that, but I forgive them anyways. Declare it. Declare, my father is famous for his kindness to heal. If you know somebody that needs healing, say, my father is famous for his kindness to heal. If you're struggling struggling emotionally, say, my father is famous for his kindness to heal my brain, to heal my emotions, to heal my mind, to heal my soul. If you're physically struggling, then say, my father is famous for his kindness to heal. Declare, walk in grace, and then say your name. Today I will walk in grace for myself and others. I will give grace to myself that I give so generously to others. Imagine yourself in the hands of God, like literally make a cup. And imagine God's big hands, doesn't matter how big big a boy you are. (laughs) Imagine yourself living from his hands. And then declare, I am purposed. I am called. I am destined. I am purposed. Called, I am destined. You know how all that's true because I read it from the Word of God, and the Word of God is truth for our lives. If you're getting your truth more from Netflix and all these other things, and you're not getting your truth from the Word of God, then you're going to have a whole lot of identity issues. If you declare these truths over your life, then no matter what comes your way, it'll make you brave to stand in the face of all of that. So our prayer team is going to be right up here. I'm going to be right up here. Take one of these and begin to apply it this week. Take all seven, whatever you want to do. Take one, though, and apply it. You're here today and you go, there's one of those that just spoke to me so much and I need prayer over that area, then then we want to pray for you. If you're here today and you go, wow, there is hope in my life where I thought there was just going to be darkness and you want to accept Jesus Christ, then I just want you to pray with one of our prayer team members up here. They'll pray for you right there and you can accept grace and you can accept faith and you can accept hope and you can accept that great love of God that he has for you and all of these things that he declares over your life. So whatever it is, God, you move, you speak. Prayer team, come on up here.